If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today on Horse Chats is Sydney Roberts. We could talk about Sydney being on the gold medal winning team for the Australian Youth Olympics. She was born in South Africa and came to Australia as a six-year-old. But what I'd like to ask Sydney is she was a horse riding double for Nicole Kidman in the movie Australia. And when I saw that movie, I was a bit impressed with Nicole's riding. I thought she was you know, for a movie star, she was a good rider. And now I find out that Sydney was the double for her. So, Sydney, how are you today? Well, thank you, Brenna. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm well, but I'm a bit disappointed now in Nicole because now I find out that you were the double for her and we already knew that you could ride. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, it turns out I actually did all the reshooting in the um, – in the film, like at Fox Studios, because yeah. I was actually living in the UK at the time when they were calling for someone to replace or to sit in as Nicole's writing double. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get back in the, in time uh, for when the movie started. So uh, they used another girl stepped in and was doing the job and travelled around, but then they needed, uh, they needed someone to fill in and do all the reshooting. So that's when I stepped in and I did all that because she was um, she was unable to to position at that time. Yep, yep. Good, good. Now, Sydney, you know that we start off with a favourite quote. Tell us about your favourite quote. What you've got for us today? Okay, my favourite quote would have to be: "The harder you work, the luckier you get." All right. Now, is that one that you've had for a long time that you've got from your parents, or something that's been a bit more recent? No, more recent. Uh, my part, it's one of my partner's favourite sayings and um, I think it's, it's really resonated with me because I think it's easy to stand on the sideline and watch someone else in any industry or profession to think, oh, they're lucky to be at the top or they, they, and they don't really think about how they got there or and all the time and effort that it's taken to, to actually get to that point. Whether it's in business or sports or anything like that, I think... Um, to be consistent and at a high level, you need to be working hard and, and put in the effort and there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it happens before you get lucky. You know, you talk about people being an overnight success, but sometimes for them to be an overnight success, it's what they've been doing in the last 20 years or 10 years that makes them that overnight success. Yeah, absolutely. And then they've also got to keep it up as well. <laughs> yep, yep. Now, Sydney, you've got a background with horses. Is that right? Your father's a vet, your mother's a show jumper? Yes, that's correct, Gwyneth. Yeah. Well, that's how they met. Mum had a, um, a horse with a broken jaw. She was about 17 years old in Adelaide, actually, and um, she called out the vet to, to come and fix her horse, and <laughs> the vet happened to be my father. <laughs> they moved to South Africa, and you know that was the end of that, really, yep. four yep. children later. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, Sydney, thinking about lessons with horses and how you became so knowledgeable and such a good rider, think about a time early when you had a memory with horses and, and something you would have learned from that. Oh, I think I would have to say I worked a lot with a fellow named Steve Gladstone mm-hmm. and he was one of my main mentors growing up with horses and he taught me that you know you've got to spend so much time with a horse to be able to connect with it and actually build a bond with it mm-hmm. and to, to to develop a yeah to develop a bond with it and then to achieve um, results with the horse basically and yeah. I think he, he always said to me the three S's very important. First, submission, straightness, and then suppleness. And the three S's have just always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about when you first started riding? You know, you've got the three S's. What about riding-wise? Have you got an early memory there? Yeah. When we were, when we were little in South Africa, we used to nag our, um, the staff who worked for my parents um, to saddle up the horses. And we had this one saddle that was like a throne. It was a chair... <laughs> a chair on a saddle that they used to strap to the horses. And so every day we would just nag the staff and they used to just get so annoyed with us. But finally they would they'd get the, the ponies out and, and strap this chair on and walk us around like we were little princesses. <laughs> it was, um, that was a really amazing memory to have, I think. And um, my sisters too got to experience that. That's good, isn't it? How old were you then? Oh, I must have been about four five years old. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Now, starting off, because you've done quite well, we've already talked about you being on the gold medal winning team for the Australian Youth Olympics. What made you think from going, you know, riding around and just being sort of led around by the staff or by someone to going on and becoming a show jumper? You know, what made you choose that career path, choose that? Did you sort of fall into it because of your mother or was there an actual decision on your part? I think it was obviously influenced by my mother because she was a show jumper. She didn't like the whole hacking thing because she thought it was a waste of time. <laughs> just going in around and out and we always had very naughty ponies. So <laughs> our ponies didn't just stand in line or anything like that. So we weren't, weren't in contention for any <laughs> ribbons or anything like that. So I think also being just the sport itself, there's no, um, it's not subjective. So if you have a rail, you have a rail. Everyone yes. sees it. If you have time salt, um, you know, it's up on the board. People can see that as well. So I think if you, you win, you win, and it's fair. It's a fair game. Mm. Um, like growing up, we did everything. Mum mum and Dad took us to pony clubs, and so we did state equitation, show jumping. My sister and I were, cha- um, you know, we received champion age groups for our age groups and and things like that through equitation, show jumping, end of year jamboree. Uh, we did eventing, um, all of that stuff. But I think just having the show jumping being sort of not subjective really drew me to that. And it's also very technical and uh, challenging, which I, I must say I do love a challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now, if you were teaching someone, you know, and you had a young rider there that says, no, I want to be co-op and, you know, win gold at the Olympics in show jumping. So thinking about the core skills that character traits of someone 
not just working in the horse career, but specifically for a show jumper? What do you think they need? I think, first of all, you've got to have the love of it, the love for it. Yep. Um, dedication. Uh, dedication, passion, a, a really good work ethic. Mm-hmm. Also, because, you know, life's so busy and you need to fit in all this other stuff as well, but your training can't take a back seat at all. You can't be a part-time rider. Yep. You've got to be tough and strong, uh, have a seriously can-do attitude and also have um, resilience to any negativity that might um, might come up, come up, whether it be other competitors, um, family members of other competitors. I think it's just uh, even sort of the ups and downs of having horses, injuries and that sort of thing. You've just got to deal with the situation and just be positive and move on and just sort of um, just go with it and just make the next thing happen. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is the best thing about working with horses, riding, being in the industry? Well, I guess getting to work with such incredible animals as a start, mm-hmm. uh, building a bond with such a big animal and, and having them do what you ask them to do is pretty special. Um, having the act, an active lifestyle yep. it, that it provides, sort of being out on the farm, also traveling around, getting to see so many different places, having the opportunities to travel overseas doing it, meeting so many amazing and influential people as well uh, has been um, a big thing for me in the sport. Yep. And, um, I mean, there's just so many. I could keep going on and on about it. Um, but it's just, it provides a nice, healthy lifestyle as well. Yes, yes. Okay. Now, you talked earlier on about Steve Gladstone. Is there anyone else that you'd like to mention that's really influenced you and helped you in your career? Yeah. Steve Gladstone and Charlotte Inglis were mm-hmm. my very first um, sort of coaches in Australia and who I've had a lot to do with. And I think Charlotte was a very competitive rider. Um, back in the day when she was training me. And um, she's one very strong, tough and amazing woman. I think even events that have happened in her life have just, I've always just gone back to to thinking, well, you know, Charlotte would just keep going on. You know, yeah, she's, yeah. she's just, she's touched my heart in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And um I think her toughness has just helped me get through a lot of other the ups and downs that that can happen with with horses. Okay, okay, that's good. And life as well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, you can't just have one without the other, can you? You know, you've got to have no. horses and life, and there's there's other things outside of horses that influence the horses. Absolutely, mm. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've been pretty lucky to have. Um, I mean, I've got so many other amazing people that have been in my life, but. They were the very two to start with in yep. the um sort of in the horse industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about horses? Have you got a special horse? Oh, I've got. You know, you can't single one out, I guess. But <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah. um, they've all got their own little characters and personalities, and um, I have this one at the moment called Gracie Lou, and um, she's by Beluga, uh, who the ju- the Chugs owned mm-hmm. or own, and. Um, 
every time I go up to her and I just talk to her, she does a little squeal or I touch her, she squeals. Or <laughs> so she, that that little personalities like that are pretty um, endearing. Yep, yep. But one one horse that really probably touched my heart was um, a horse of mine called Edward, and I got him because. He, no one could ride him, and a coach at the time said, oh, Denise is sitting in a paddock not doing anything. Do you want to come and have a look at him? So I went and had a look at him, had a, I hopped on him, tried to jump across a few cross rails. There was just, he was just not there in the head. Mm-hmm. And I love a challenge, so <laughs> I, um, I said, I'll, ta- I'll take him. And I did and sort of changed his feet a lot, trying to get that right to see if I could connect with him and if it was just, if you were just getting too much feed and not um, not being able to just focus properly. Yeah. And so cleaned all the feed, the hot feed out of him and then started to take him to jump clubs and doing a lot of work one-on-one. I think he was a very one-on-one horse yep. where he was he had always been a number in a yard and he didn't cope with that. And I think that was the main problem. Mm-hmm. And then I, over the years I built a really strong bond with him and um, he just got better and better. And then I did a few World Cup events with him. Uh, he had a, a few rails here and there, but then took him in the Gold Series at um, the Polo Field, and he had a clear round. And that was, I think, the biggest moment for me with that horse because I knew if I had him at a, a younger age, I think we would have gone a lot further. And um, he he just his progression. I mean, that's why I love doing it. Seeing the progression in the horse, uh, feeling that progression, and um, it's just an amazing feeling. So yeah, I think yeah. that was pretty special for me. But then I was getting ready to go down to the Victorian Run to do the next series of World Cups, and I took him down to the beach one day because he just loved galloping on the beach, and um, then. I just let him go because I could feel he wanted to go. So I thought, okay, we're going to Victoria in a couple of weeks. Just take it easy. I just had that thought in my head. Yes. And then he he just went. And I've ridden some Melbourne Cup runners, like galloped them and everything, and he was the fastest, strongest horse I have ever sat on. Mm. And um, he just he went. And it's, you know, a couple hundred metres, maybe got to about half a kilometre, and I thought, okay, that's enough, Eddie, take it easy. And I went to pull him up, and as I went to pull him up, I just felt him stumbling, mm. and then my feet just hit the ground. My, mm. like they, I just, It was just an incredible feeling. And, and then I jumped off him, and I started stripping all the gear off him, started screaming at him and yelling at him to get up, and I kind of knew in my heart that um, what was actually happening and he started convulsing, and then he just went. Like just mm. his head just dropped, and it was like he almost put me on the ground because he could have easily just slipped over sure. and just fallen on, like flipped on top of me. Mm. But that feeling—you hear people talk about stories like that, and you're like, "Oh yeah, okay, whatever." But until it happens to you, you you just. It's a piece like unbelievable experience, and you just mm. you you can't come to terms with it until it sort of happened to you. Mm. So mm. then, um, yeah, that was pretty heartbreaking. But if and he he had obviously had an aneurysm or something, um, and so, but for me to come to terms with that, 
I would rather him have gone on the beach than turning up to the paddock one day yes. and finding him there. So, yeah. I mean, that was pretty, that was a special moment for me when I think about it like that. Mm-hmm. I was going to say you've had lots of moments that a lot of people wouldn't have. You know, the connection that you had with Edward, you know, even going and having that sort of World Cup clear round. But then you've had other moments too, you know, being on that gold medal winning team, representing your country overseas. We haven't even talked about that yet. Would you like to just go over that a little bit and say how that came about? Yes. So, um, first of all, when I was 17, we got selected to compete for Australia Australia in the uh, Youth Olympic Festival. Mm. And um, that was a pretty amazing experience because uh, my coach was Jamie Coleman. Yep. And um, so in my team, we shared Emmanuel, Hayley Coleman and Anna McGregor. And there were so many horses put in a pool and then you you selected a horse. Well, they had a meeting. They selected horses out of a hat and they were then allocated to the team. So you weren't allowed to actually ride your own horse in the event. But um, I think, like, having the whole experience there with all our teammates and then actually living in a village with all the other countries and other sports as well, uh, well, other athletes, that was a pretty fun experience. And it was just – and even competing at at Horsley Park, you know, where the Olympics was held. Um, So, I mean, Horsley Park Park has a – I've had a few moments there, like pretty special moments there, I guess. And yeah. I got to open, I was selected to open Horsley Park with Gillian Rolton before oh, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got to jump around all the jumps before they were actually used. And um, so as a junior, I've had some, some pretty amazing experiences like that. Yeah. And then 2000, end of 2005, I was selected to head over to um, to India to to compete in the youth series and was over there with Danielle and Greer Butcher. Yes. And um, that was a similar thing to the Youth Olympics. So obviously we, we couldn't take our own horses over there, so horses were selected for our team. And, um, yeah, it was a number of events there that we competed in and overall we we received bronze. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well done. Uh, well done. Yeah. I'm thinking of your proudest moment. Have you got one proud moment that you could pull out above all the others? Proud moment. I think the proudest moment would have to have been uh, getting a clear round in the gold series on Eddie. Okay. That was that was my proudest moment because of the ups and downs I've been with through with that horse. Mm. I think just getting to that point was just like a point where you're actually getting somewhere. Yep. And and it was just pretty exciting and, um, yeah. Good, good. Thinking about the young and up-and-coming show jumpers, you know, that might be looking to you as a role model, what do you think has been your biggest challenge on your way to being where you are now? How have you overcome it? But turn it into a lesson so that anyone listening could learn from that. Okay. I guess my biggest lesson to up-and-coming show jumpers would be that, the well, first of all, the sport takes a lot of time, effort and money. Mm-hmm. And so you've really got to be dedicated to want to 
do it at a high level because if you want to be at a high level in shows, I mean, even dressage or eventing, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be really dedicated and you've got to do it full time. So yeah, um, and, and really put in a lot of effort and have a lot of horses coming coming up through the grades. So at least you have um, some horses to fall back on if your top horses don't either don't make it or they get injured because that you know. Being realistic, these things happen. You know, you're travelling horses in trucks and floats and horses injure themselves. We all know that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, um, for sure. And, and so you just you basically always have to have a backup plan. And um, if you want to stay sort of competitive in the sport. And, I mean, there it is easy for some people to go and, and buy those horses that are already educated, but you don't need to have a lot of money to go and buy those horses if you put in the time and effort and get the coaching and, and train. And obviously you've got to have, it's important to have a, a feel for it as well. Yes. Uh, but that's why I like getting young horses and getting them going, like producing them myself and getting them going. And mm-hmm. it's really nice to to have my partner as well who's, who's quite um keen into the sport as well and and we spend a lot of time together sort of educating horses and uh, also swapping horses as well so we both get a feel for them and and understand how each horse works and and also feel their progression as well okay good as you go from show to show and yeah all right so a lesson for people coming on is it to have patience and put the time in and learn to love training your horse so that um, people are happy to just to get the young horses and not necessarily think that they've got to be buying horses that have already been produced at a top level would that be a good lesson for them yeah yeah i think it would be and i think it's also important to to listen to very experienced people as well. And, I mean, you might not like everything they say, but I think I've learned lessons from everyone that I've I've dealt with, whether mm-hmm. it's been good or bad. And um, I, with my students as well, I encourage them to go get lessons from, from other coaches as well because I think that people phrase things differently and, and can, you know, can click with some people and other things may click with others, you know. Yep, so yep. I, I encourage them to do that because you learn a lesson from everyone, I think. What's a common fault that you see? You know, maybe a rider, you see it more often, riders that you haven't seen before if you go to do a clinic or maybe if you're at a competition, a common fault that you see show jumpers do that if you could fix it, they would perform better, their horses would perform better. Okay, probably worrying. A big fault I see is a lot of young kids worry about what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. instead of just worrying about themselves and their horse, like their actual team. And it shouldn't really matter what everyone else is doing or what other kids are wearing. If if you want to do the sport and you don't need to look like everyone else, you don't need to wear the same same gear as everyone else and and I don't think that um I think it's important that you don't let that affect you and just be really focused on yourself and worry about yourself Uh, I think that comes into life life in general as well I think if you want to be successful you need to just do what you want to do 
mm-hmm. within reason yep. and not let anyone put you down. Okay. Actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it not let everyone put you down or maybe not take any notice of it when people put you down? You know, because you'll always get people that are always going to have something negative to say, but it's, it's how it affects you, isn't it? You know, if it affects you yeah, negatively. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think just you just got to let things go. Mm, not mm. yeah, not let things affect you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. What about books, Sydney? A book that you could recommend to our listeners? Something that might have helped you along the way? Something that might have influenced you? What could you recommend them just to complement their training? Yeah, I think a um, a book that I found very useful is a book by Anthony Pullman, mm-hmm. and it's called Training Show Jumpers. Yep. And it's sort of it's a useful guide that um, helps. Sort of, you understand the whole process of training a lasting show jumper because obviously you can do things that can damage your horse's knees and legs and stuff. So you want to prevent all that. You want to really just not wrap them up in cotton wool, but you want to protect them through their um, their career. Yep. And um, and also a very big thing is to keep their confidence levels up. Mhm. Mhm. So yeah, that would be. Um, my number one book, I think. Good, good. And I think that's certainly one that's been recommended before. So it's a popular book, yeah. Yeah, I don't doubt that. <laughs> now, Sydney, what are you looking forward to now? You've got a couple of young horses you're bringing on. What What does the future hold? Yeah, well, we've got uh, 60 horses up here. Okay. And um, the broodmares and my partner and his brother have been breeding them for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. I've got... Uh, six horses up here and two on the way. And um, so I think just having that young stock coming through, then uh, we've got a few uh, that need to be broken in. Oh, obviously the constant breaking in every year and, and getting the young ones going and, and then moving them to the next level kind of thing. So we've got them, they range, you know, from uh, mares and foal to to uh, performance horses, which are 11, 12 years old. So. Yep. Um, we've got the whole the whole range there, and, and so you're hopping on the young ones, doing all the the, the hard work, I guess, um, get getting thrown around and stuff like that, to then riding uh, the educated ones uh, that are a more pleasant ride for you. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so just that's what okay. we've got on at the moment, and then getting to competitions and and yeah, getting them out. Sounds like you've got busy days. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're fairly busy. And I think with horses, you've also got to realise that it's like deja vu every day. Like yes. I'm, I'm a big one that loves ticking boxes and, and it's like every day that, that whole list, the boxes, the, the ticks just get wiped out of the boxes. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, just thinking about your philosophy with horses, which we've seen through the chat that we've had, but if you'd like to sum up in just a couple of sentences so people have got something that they can remember in those couple of sentences. Okay. Uh, my philosophy would be that you've just, you know, you've got to love doing, uh, dealing with horses. You've got to love the lifestyle, um, put in time, effort, dedication, and just enjoy it. 
because mm-hmm. it's a pretty incredible and amazing experience to be a part of. Yep, yep. All right, that's good. Now, Sydney, how can people contact you? Uh, if you'd like to contact me, you can email me. Yep. On at um, Sydney Jane Roberts, S I D N E Y J A N E R O B R T S at gmail.com. All right. Do you do you normally do people put their mobile number down? Or yeah, what? you could say your mobile, Sydney. What we'll do is we'll have those details on horsechats.com slash Sydney Roberts or just go to horsechats.com, search for Sydney or search for Roberts. But if you'd like to say your mobile, that'd be brilliant. Okay. And my mobile number is zero four double eight double zero double four double three. That's a cool number. Where'd you get that one? Did you actually put in a special request or you just got it anyway? <laughs> no, I had, I, had to, I had to put in a, quest, or a special request for that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. All right. Look, good to talk to you today. Yeah, I think lots of, lots of insights, lots of things that you're doing. And I still will have to go back and watch that Australia movie and see if I can see where you are and where it's Nicole Kidman and where it's the other person. So I'll have to separate those three. <laughs> so oh, good, funny. Yeah, good to talk to you. And hopefully we'll catch up again with you sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Gwyneth. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 